welcome to Tales from the Polycult, a podcast hosted by two former metas turned arch nemeses turned best friends. All right, so we're back. Uh, we both went home and didn't absolutely despise what happened, so we decided we would try it again. So here we are. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast thing. <laughs> <laughs> this, this podcast thing's not as hard as they said it was. Very specific thing. Um, too bad, not too bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, currently, I think that outside of our first episode being um, related to the trial, because that's ex- that's what we were coming off of personally um, when we decided to go ahead and do this. Uh, we don't, we're just winging it. We're just seeing what organically happens. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems to, it seems to come pretty easily, I think, so far. Yeah. But I'm, I'm excited. I, I got our whole website put up. It'll be totally, it, it already exists. So by the time you hear that, um, it'll be old news. Our Insta's rolling. Yeah. It's nice. Oh gosh, editing's going to be fun with this one. I'm not drunk enough. <laughs> I right. don't have any wine. I uh, have a Diet Coke. We're going to be... So I guess we were going to talk about why we became Polly. Maybe maybe kind of review that a little bit. Um, that's probably a good place to start, somewhere at the beginning. Um, I... I've, <laughs> I was Polly before you, so maybe, and then yeah. your Polly doesn't exactly revolve around me, but it involves <laughs> a lot of unintentionally <laughs> it did, but you know, I I ran to you in the first week and was like, help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, if if only we knew now what our if we knew then what we know now because we do know now what, yes. <laughs> what we didn't know then um so yeah i've uh started at the beginning um i've probably just always been poly i just didn't have a word for it and i wasn't doing it um very respectfully because i i didn't have a concept um i was a big serial monogamist from the time that i uh started having relationships because um i really held on to that uh one true love you'll you'll know it when you when you see it and uh bullcrap uh, so uh if i was in a relationship and i got the tingly feels for somebody that i that i met i my brain went well relationships obviously not the one because you wouldn't be having these tingly feels if, right. if you found your your one one in a million only love for this lifetime i don't even know where i got that it's not like my mom taught me that shit i don't know disney it's, it was beauty and the beast um uh yeah but uh i i ended up in some poly-esque situations um but only because uh, the, the 
guys that were into me were pushovers, I guess. <laughs> um, it was not a fun time. Everyone was very unhappy. Um, it was pretty much I, I couldn't make a decision and people were willing to wait for me to do that. Weirdly, um, I, I look back at all that going, oh, you poor sweet baby, just let them go. <laughs> How old were you when all that was happening? Uh, I did a whole bunch of um, even bef- like definitely before I was sexual with anyone. I I was uh, I would date the same person three or four times if they'd have me because I, I'd break up with them and I'd date another person. And I'd be like, but I miss the old person. So I'd go back to the old person and then like we'd be back together for a while and then the cycle would repeat. And like, I was, I was, mm, I was something. So yeah, I, I didn't have any healthy idea of what relationships were supposed to look like. Yeah. Sounds very familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, once I turned 18, like I, like the first, first relationship out the gate that I was in was 18. I moved out with a guy just because I couldn't, I could not stand to be in my mother's house anymore. Um, this, this man, oh, this is the Matthew Lillard guy. I worked in the movie theater and he came into the theater and he looked exactly like Matthew Lillard. (laughs) And I was spitting um it's all over when they look like Matthew Lillard <laughs> it was, uh fun fact um outside of your ex-husband um Matthew Lillard guy is uh the only ex I have that will not speak to me <laughs> oh <laughs> um he was a very soft and sweet uh dude and again I did not know what the fuck I was doing um and he had a lot of uh attachment issues too um highlighted by this story of uh, one day while I was at work he was hanging out and somehow there was a joke made about him getting slave tattooed on his wrist and I said if you did that I would marry you And then three hours later, he came back with slave tattooed on his wrist. And I was 18. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) So uh, the things we do for love, you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So that guy I love, I loved him like, and and I, I still do just based on his his general demeanor, his soul, like his personality, like he deserves all the best things in life. I'm, it's probably good. He doesn't, I have no idea how to contact him. (laughs) His life is better far, far away from me. Um, but that guy ended up going back and forth, uh, with, with my first husband, who was also my high school boyfriend. Um, my on again, off again, high school boyfriend. And we all ended up living in the same apartment for a few months. And that was my first unintentional, very unhealthy, not at all 
respectable poly situation, like straight out the gate at 18 before any of us really knew how to navigate a situation like that. Um, and then, uh, probably in the next year or so, I met an older guy that I ended up dating. That's a whole seven or eight podcasts of information. We'll get there eventually. Um, and I know this person, don't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> he absolutely is because he already asked me about it. <laughs> I am going to try to be the most respectful um, about everyone that I talk about, um, regardless of if I think they're listening or they don't speak to me, or I know that they're going to absolutely rage and throw a tantrum when they hear about this. Um, because none of this is about trying to hurt anyone or trying to drag anybody's dirty laundry out there it's about talking about our journeys and what we've learned and hopefully somebody can gather some kind of lesson that keeps them from going through the things that we ended up going through so yeah I know I've tried to look at everything at a more objective in a more objective way especially the further into the past that it goes it's a lot easier to look at it more objectively and kind of take what lessons we're supposed to learn from that because we've got to take something from it <laughs> other than all the trauma <laughs> yes trying to not just see it as trauma and take the lessons yeah so um yeah, so that guy, the older guy, introduced me to the concept of polyamory, and that was, I always tell people that he saved my life, and I'm not really exaggerating, because I just felt so much like I was broken, because... I was queer, I was goth, I was into, you know, darker aesthetics, like I was interested. I wanted to be like a mortician, you know, like Wednesday Adams was like my, like, that's what I wanted to be, um, Morticia eventually. <laughs> um, I kind of still do. And well, people on video, I have my Adams tattoo, not gonna get rid of that. Um, I couldn't even make a relationship work like like literally nothing after high school because school was easy for me like I, I had really great grades and I didn't try but like once once I left high school like I didn't even have that anymore so like everything just felt wrong and I'm now realizing a lot of it came from not having any kind of guidance from my parents. So when this guy like walked in and was like, Hey, you're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. And, um, did you know you could live life in this way? And I went, no, 
tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a really big turning point, like, because I didn't know, like, how much longer I was going to, like, be around because I just came from such a environment where every core aspect of my existence was was wrong um so yeah like fine it's it, it's gonna people are probably gonna make fun of me that's that I'm like yeah finding polyamory like saved my life but like at that point I think that running into any anybody who validated any one part of my identity like super hard like I think probably would have done the same thing like if I'd have ended up in like a really accepting goth scene that early or like I found a LGBT community that was like no you can totally be gay as hell like maybe I wouldn't have dated all those dudes um (laughs) but it, I'm I'm not gonna say that just finding polyamory saved my life, but just having someone tell me that it was okay to be who I was, like that's what that's how I ended up being poly. Is uh, I, I ran into I don't know if you, if it's the right person <laughs> at the right time, or I ran into a person at a time who told me I could be what I wanted, and. Uh, I I really haven't looked back uh, on that. So that got really dark. Uh, I promise this could be a lot more fun. (laughs) Well, you know, it's, I think a lot of this is probably going to get dark at some point, but you know, it is what it is. (laughs) How'd you become Polly? Well, it was that or die. So like... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know... (laughs) what whatever it takes <laughs> better than that it's fine um yeah so I guess I'll leave my story there because you said how did you become Polly and that's 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 a yeah good answer. yeah <laughs> I, I knew a lot of that I knew a lot of that um yeah. my story's a little bit different I would say there's a similarity that we I, I kind of feel like I was always kind of poly. I just didn't understand what it was. Yeah. Because long before I ever got married or anything, I when I was in college, I actually dated um, a guy for a very long time. I was also a, a little bit of a serial monogamist. And I remember dating him and of course he was he was very christian at the time he still is to this day but he's um we were we were monogamous everybody thought that we were going to get married and all this but i ended up kind of developing feelings for another guy in our social group at the time and i didn't understand it but i knew it was there And I remember telling him, I wrote him this long letter trying to explain basically what we explain and what is explained to us when we go into being poly is that, you know, it doesn't affect 
a, the other relationships, having yeah. feelings for a different person doesn't actually affect other relationships. I didn't really understand it at the time, even though I knew it. Mm-hmm. I, I knew it by how I was feeling. And of course, that wasn't it was something that really took him aback. He didn't really know what to do with that information because I wasn't breaking up with him. Yeah. I just was like, hey, you just need to know this because I'm trying to be honest. And he was just kind of very confused by what yeah. the like motive was and me telling him that. And I was just like, I'm just trying to be honest. And How I ended up 18. Yeah, I think. That was when I dated him. And then I, um, it was the guy that I dated briefly after that was kind of similar, except for he had issues with honesty and he just wasn't being honest about what he was doing. And, you know, then I met, well, I had already known my ex-husband for a long time. I met him when I was 16 and when we got together, we were monogamous and he says, and Jay, I know that he told, he, his story was that I, that we had talked about it or that he had addressed Polly at some point. And I swear that never happened. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember it because I really feel like if we had had a conversation about it, we probably yeah. would have went that way earlier. Yeah, But I remember when he brought you guys up and he was telling me about you guys and being poly, I, that was the first time I heard the word polyamorous. Yeah. Um, and he said, Oh, we had a conversation about it. And I was, I, I do not recall any conversation about it, but we, that was when we started talking about it more. And I remember despite the drama that was happening around that point in time, I remember kind of feeling really grateful that I wound up with a partner that was open to that and wanted something like that. Yeah. Because my best friend from art school kind of introduced me to the concept of it. Mm-hmm. She just never put the word to it. Yeah. It was more like the new age free love kind of ideas that she brought to the table and lived by. And I knew when Mike's husband brought it to the table that, you know, I did have existing feelings and love for other people in my life. And I didn't know that it was an acceptable thing to express it in any kind of way. Mm -hmm. And when I realized what Polly was, I remember actually like crying out of gratitude because I was like, I, I can actually, I can actually express this love that I have for other people. And it, it's not stabbing my partner in the back, you know, and it just kind of, and it flowed very well with our relationship because, you know, at the time I really felt like he and I had a very transparent relationship with each other and it opened a lot more doors for us to talk about our attraction to other people or our feelings for other people. And, um, 
so that was really how I came into being actually polyamorous, even though I kind of feel like I was naturally like that most of my life anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's probably, that's probably the extent, the, the end of my story there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was expecting that to be longer, but. Well, that, I think we that. went very, uh, I think for the, for the first time, maybe when we went over those stories, we went very uh, emotional and mental about it and not like fact for fact of how we got there. Like the, the um, actual events that, put us into our our first poly relationships I think because your event by event uh journey into becoming poly is chaotic yeah I left out that, that part I was just trying to focus on the, <laughs> and we don't on have the to get into it today we can just be like dun 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 yeah, that it was it was a whole it was a whole mess of unnecessary. We'll just put put it that way. It was a whole mess of unnecessary. And because, like I said, when it was brought to the table, I was very grateful to yep. realize I was with someone that I could have that kind of relationship with. And it just felt it felt like a whole new world. It was like I could see new colors. Like I was like, whoa, you can actually like, this is okay. All right. That's so cute. <laughs> so um, since we're not going to jump into that, all this uh, quickly, uh, if you could go back and, and tell yourself either right before you found out about Polly or, or right after, like, what would you go back and tell little indie about Polly and love and relationships. Oh man. <laughs> what would I t- tell? You got one thing you got 90 seconds. What would you say? Oh God. Oh God. That's too much <laughs> pressure. <laughs> 90 seconds. One thing. Um, I don't know. Um, I would probably tell myself to ask questions. Yeah, that's a good one. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. And don't don't let keep someone else from letting you ask questions. Yeah. I feel like that's <laughs> probably the best all-encompassing message that I could send myself. <laughs> that makes sense I think I would um if I if I had like enough time to like give give one advice I I think it would be um something along the lines of like you can't uh you, you can't fix what's already happened like and that's gonna sound confusing but it's like um like that one thing in your life happened and no how no matter how many times you try to re- repeat the cycle to to change that outcome uh it's it's you're n- you're not gonna like you're just hurting yourself like 
because that messed me up a lot. And that's another uh, <laughs> later on Tales from the Volley Cult. You'll know what the crap I'm talking about. I actually can't even pick up on what what specifically you're referring to. Which is funny <laughs> because uh, it's that it's, it's that probably uh, super obvious that that big event in our life that we have in common uh, that made us absolutely incredibly easy to take advantage of. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. D- does she know? Do you know? There, there is many of those. So, <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like that could be a lot of different things. <laughs> maybe we'll get into it. Like you, you've touched on, uh, you've touched on the player involved in yours during this. So we'll see. Yeah. There we go. Um, oh, I was gonna say, I think that it is very interesting to reflect on how we both were very easily poly uh, individually uh, before we even really met. Um, And then to look at what happened to the both of us in our situation and see just how that whole situation got twisted so far out of what, what either of us are. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, because we're both, like in both of those stories, we're like, we just got so much love, man. Like, I mean, yeah. I was just like, I, I like, I like people. Like, I don't know if it's like, I got so much love came out of mine. It was just like, I can't make up my mind, which is, it's a lot more than that. But um, I don't know, maybe we'll get into it. Um, and if, 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 if you decide this isn't the episode to get into it, then I'll, we'll just edit this part out and save it for later. Um, no, let's but, do it. Uh, Whatever. But uh our best friends dying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Indy and I both, we realized, uh, you know, after we met and, you know, you talk to people, <laughs> we had formative situations that kind of echoed. Um, they echoed into our future in similar ways. Um, and it set me up to uh, constantly try to save uh, broken men. Because uh, my my friend took his life, um, so that's what I would tell myself: is God, why I'm going to cry every episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the money on the table right now, a uh, hundred to one odds. I am going to cry every episode. Uh, but yeah, I would go back and I'd be like, um, you can't change it. Quit trying. Okay, start talking because I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that's necessarily what I took in, from my situation, um, but it was very much a um. I don't know. It's very still very hard for me to process the way that that was weaponized against me yeah because again it was not necessary it wasn't it wasn't ever necessary um but yeah my my best friend also died um and it was after I moved to be with my now ex-husband and it was a very 
like you said, it echoed into my future and it was so, it was weird in when I was there, it was like, I knew, like, I knew that it was going to, I knew that it was my relationship with this person was a more intense relationship than I've had with anyone ever. And it really opened my eyes to the different types of love that you can have for different people. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how far to go into that without starting to cry myself because, you know, she, she was selfless in ways that ended up getting her killed. Um, and we're just going to say it, it was an accident. Like she didn't, it was an accident. <laughs> it was an accident. She wasn't murdered or anything. It was an accident, but it was a huge domino effect of the things that she allowed to happen around her. Mm-hmm. And um, it really, it really shook me to my core losing someone like that and I and my ex-husband knew that it did he knew he knew that he knew that it would um in the best way that he could possibly know how and because of strains in their relationship there was a lot of um I don't know if it was resentment or I think he felt like there was more than there actually was there at the time. Yep. Gonna not speak on that. Um, Well, you may know differently. I, I wouldn't necessarily know what all he said after the fact, but I, like I said, I'm trying to be objective. This isn't going to turn into like a gossip or, or bitch fest or whatever, like, uh, cause none of that really matters anymore. Um, but I, it really doesn't. Um, I think it was less about what he really believed was going on and more, um, I think it was just run of the mill triangulation. I think it was he needed to be the most important thing, and she was yeah. Uh, she threatened that. Yeah, I, and the main thing that echoes in my head that tells me that is when I was crying over her dying one day, and it was within a few months after she died or something like that. And I was crying and he made a comment that I, he, I would never cry like that if he died. Oh. And I was very taken aback by that comment. Like that's what you're taking from this right now. It's just, it was very strange. Mm -hmm. Um, but her are are talking about her as regularly and as often as we did during that time did influence our decision to become Polly mm-hmm. because she was 100% used as an example of, you know, my ability to love different people. And 
know that it was just kind of unnecessary to use it in that in those moments because she died in 2000 early 2000 early 2013 I'm pretty sure or 2012 it might have been 2012 the years have gotten away from me but we all know that I was married in 2013 so and then it was 2014 that we decided to do the poly thing and that was it was brought up frequently Mm -hmm. um a lot of that is a blur with me now but yeah yeah something that I know and I remember I remember that was something that bonded us from the very beginning yeah because I'm still so sad that I lost those damn earrings I'm still so mad I was actually telling my cousin about it recently and I was like you have no idea how upset and I like I don't know I have no idea what I like seriously I think think tore that place apart I think he threw them out I think he threw it I think he threw all this stuff out because I don't want to make that accusation but it's crossed my mind more than once he he told me it also could have been accidental yeah I mean, if you would have done it, like, super pissed off one day, like, I mean, I get it. Like, I, we, we had a a lot going on, Um, but I thought about that when I, uh, because I had four, I had four things that belonged to my friends or that were gifts, um when he died and I gave you the earrings that he made me um I have an athame that he gave me um my favorite shirt of his I wasn't even supposed to end up with but we had worked at the same place um when he died and about a month after uh, we found that shirt in the break room and no one had seen it like the whole time and uh when we found it I was floored um and uh currently that shirt uh I keep my personal non-use for others tarot deck wrapped in it for protection so um I had a shirt that his brother gave me that I gave uh to one of our other friends to uh one of the other exes uh this past year and I thought about that and I was just like yeah this is still a good idea like because they're having those things or not doesn't change anything for me um but if they go god I will get through an episode without crying promise one day um if if they go on and affect people outside of me then if they go on, then then he goes on. Like, you know, like yeah. he's still out there doing good. 
so I'm not mad. That was that was the point of that. I'm not mad. They did their job, you know, at the time. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was going to say, uh, I think that the most prevalent way that I've seen that that those deaths affected the both of us is uh, it made us absolutely terrified of abandoning someone. Um, even though we really didn't abandon abandon either one of them uh, I know that's the the feeling we both came away from is is if we had just been there or we had done something different so it was very easily uh knowing those those things about us puts us in positions where people people just have to say like one thing in one way to like ignite that insecurity and then you're never putting that fire out like that's gonna burn on its own you don't even have to tend to it like I'll do the work I'll put the wood in there like <laughs> so. yeah right no I've had and I've noticed I've had reactions to things just purely out of like like I'm here don't like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine I'm here like I'm scared for letting them know I'm scared for you or you know whatever it's like I'm here and I think one thing that really sticks out in my head um that showed me how to love was it didn't matter that she didn't like my ex-husband which Mm -hmm. she didn't that's kind of no secret they didn't really care for each other just and even though she didn't like him. When I woke up that day and said I needed to move, she helped pack my bags. Yeah. She cried, but she helped yeah. pack my bags. Yeah. And I think that really, like, the fact that she was that type of person, I think was also threatening to some oh, people yeah. in the picture. Yeah, I could totally see that. Oh, Lord. I'll, I'll stop crying. Well, I'm not currently crying, but my nose is not running. So I, I almost did just then, but I did. I was able to not. We got this. It's be a fine. freaking game based on how much I cry. Like, and I don't people, have anything to drink. <laughs> no, I meant for the people listening. Um, right. <laughs> and then they'll see me on Instagram and they'll be like, that's the one that cries all the time. Like, she looks like she could kill a man. Like, <laughs> I'm like I could kill a man, but I also cry. I will cry while I'm killing the man. I don't want to kill someone. Be like, why did you make me do? No, that's an abuser line. I'm not going to say that. I might cut that out because it's triggering. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll just. One of my favorite podcasts, um, and that's why we drink. I love the fact that they'll go on like these like super long rants, and they'll either they'll say multiple times that they're going to cut it out, but then it's it's obviously then, not no. like. <laughs> I, I foresee a lot of that in our future. Like, you know, that, that was too entertaining. <laughs> you can just be embarrassed that you're a weirdo. Sometimes like, that's the best part of the podcast, though. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're going to wrap it up. And hopefully uh, some of you will be back and you'll start to un- 
uh, wrap this incredibly complex situation that we've <laughs> we've got going on here. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Tales from the Polycult. This has been Indy and Jay, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>